This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. The big question tonight, where are the vaccines? The federal government doesn't know how many doses are available, as drug makers say they're delivering at least 12 million a week. So why are some states running out? Tonight, President Biden makes a bold promise, saying every American who wants a vaccine should be able to get one by the spring, and that the U.S. could give 1.5 million doses a day. It's going to be a logistical challenge that exceeds anything we've ever tried. New travel ban prohibiting foreign travelers from Brazil, Britain, Ireland, South Africa, and 26 European countries from entering the U.S. as a new variant is found here in America. Impeachment trial begins. The House delivers the article of impeachment to the Senate, where 100 senators become the judge and jury. Undoing the Trump legacy. As the new defense secretary is sworn in, President Biden reverses the ban on transgender people serving in the military. Getting back to school. The national plan to get students back in the classroom as teachers in Chicago vote to keep remote learning. And why a shocking rise in student suicides led one city to reopen its doors. Triple storm threat. Nearly 110 million Americans brace for winter weather. Protests turn violent. Tacoma, Washington on edge tonight. In the doghouse, the president's beloved German shepherds arrive at the White House. Near-perfect performance. The UCLA gymnast jaw-dropping floor routine. And a Super Bowl matchup for the ages as the goat takes on the kid. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening to our viewers in the West, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with some news just coming in tonight. The first case of a highly contagious new variant of the coronavirus from Brazil has been discovered here in the U.S. That is a dangerous development, not only because it spreads faster than the virus that's already here, but because scientists worry that vaccines may not be as effective at stopping these new strains of the virus. Now, the discovery of the new case comes at the same time concerns are growing nationwide about a shortage of vaccine doses. From coast to coast tonight, states say they are canceling appointments they've made to give people shots and are pulling back on plans to open those mass vaccination sites because they don't have enough doses to give out. Meantime, the White House and the CDC say they still don't know exactly how many vaccine doses the U.S. government has available to send to the states. And they're blaming the confusion on the Trump administration, saying it didn't provide the new president or his team with detailed information about the government stockpile. Now, all of that is leading to finger pointing and frustration as hundreds of millions of Americans wait for their shots. 
President Trump told reporters late today he's hopeful his new administration will have enough doses on hand in the next three weeks to start giving one and a half million shots a day. But tonight, critics say that timeline isn't fast enough, especially with those new strains now here in the U.S. We've got a lot of new reporting on this. Our team's standing by to explain it all. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Los Angeles. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening, Nora. Health officials say it's the first time they identified the variant from Brazil here in the U.S., which is putting more pressure on the process to vaccinate people. Here at Dodger Stadium, nearly 13,000 people every single day line up for vaccines. Still many more can't even get a shot because of an issue with the supply. Tonight, new concerns over the vaccine rollout. At its current pace, California won't vaccinate even half its residents until Thanksgiving. New York hitting pause on using stadiums as mass vaccination sites. We don't have the supply of vaccine we need. We urgently need more uh, supply. Tonight, the White House is pointing the finger squarely at the Trump administration. The confusion around this issue, which we acknowledge there is some confusion, is uh, speaks to a larger problem, which is what we're inheriting from the prior administration, which is much worse than we could have imagined. Today, the president said his administration is getting a handle on supply issues. I think it'll be this spring. I think we'll be able to do that this spring. and uh, But it's going to be a logistical uh, challenge that exceeds anything we've ever tried in this country, but I think we can do that. The CDC saying that of 41 million doses shipped by the federal government, only 22 million have been administered. It's not easy to get doses from where you go in the vial all through the transportation into people's arms, particularly underserved communities, to get it to people. So if people think that's easy, it's not. It gets hard and it'll get harder. For its part, Moderna, in a statement to CBS News, says we continue to be on track with our expectations of delivering 100 million doses of vaccine by the end of March. And there's new urgency tonight. California now reporting a rise in an alarming new variant with similar mutations to the UK strain. Researchers believe it began in July, mostly lying dormant and then exploding. By November, dominating new cases. In Southern California, it's 40 percent now. The good news for the Golden State. There was a huge surge after Thanksgiving. There was less of a surge after Christmas. And there was even less of a surge after New Year's. So I think, you know, we've now turned the corner in terms of new cases. Today, Governor Gavin Newsom lifted some of the state's stay-at-home restrictions. Outdoor dining and hair salons among the things that will now return to 90% of state residents. Does the governor risk sending a mixed message? There's seldom a day goes by in government where you don't risk sending a, a mixed message. And you have to make small changes and, and make sure you don't overstep one way or the other. But the surest way out of the pandemic is vaccines. We have to step up our game. I want to get over this idea that we could get to 600,000 American deaths. That is unacceptable. I would consider that a national failure. This has to be the number one priority for our nation. And President Biden says he hopes to up the number of doses to 1.5 million a day. Here in L.A., the mayor announcing that restaurants can open for outdoor dining starting on Friday for what is the first time since Thanksgiving, Nora. Wow, Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. 
Well, tonight the clock is starting on President Trump's second Senate trial as House managers present an article of impeachment. It accuses the former president of inciting an insurrection by whipping up that mob that stormed the Capitol with false stories of election fraud. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports tonight from the Capitol. For the second time in just over 12 months, House impeachment managers walked an article of impeachment against President Donald Trump to the Senate. I announce the presence of the managers on the part of the House of Representatives to conduct proceedings on behalf of the House concerning the impeachment of Donald John Trump. Lead impeachment manager Jamie Raskin of Maryland then read the article accusing Mr. Trump of inciting the Capitol riot. Donald John Trump engaged in high crimes and misdemeanors by inciting violence against the government of the United States. Now, new threats against lawmakers involved in the impeachment trial are once again putting Congress on edge. With law enforcement sources telling CBS News, social media chatter includes talk of attacking members of Congress as they travel to and from the Capitol. As a result, 5,000 National Guard will remain in Washington through March. And Republicans are now crying foul after Democrats announced one of their own will preside over the proceedings. 80-year-old Patrick Leahy of Vermont, though that is what the Constitution allows. He basically is operating as a judge and a juror, and he's got a conflict of interest. With the trial set to begin in two weeks, 17 Republicans will be needed to convict Mr. Trump, and none so far have said they would. I think the trial is stupid. Uh, I think it's counterproductive. With some calling it an unconstitutional sham that should be boycotted. But most constitutional scholars acknowledge a former president can be impeached. The theory that the Senate can't try former officials would amount to a constitutional get-out-of-jail-free card for any president who commits an impeachable offense. Tomorrow, all 100 senators will be sworn in as impeachment jurors, and a summons will be sent to former President Trump. Nora. Chris Van Cleve at the Capitol. Thank you. Well, tonight, CBS News has learned President Biden will issue an executive order on Wednesday calling for action to fight climate change. The president has already signed more than 30 executive orders in his first six days in office as he seeks to undo the Trump legacy. CBS's Nancy Cordes reports from the White House. Thank you very much. Flanked by his defense secretary and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, President Biden ended the ban on transgender troops today. And what I'm doing is enabling all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform. President Trump had imposed the ban in 2017. Before that, there were an estimated 15,500 transgender people serving in active duty and the reserves and guard. I'm doing the military a great favor. In another reversal today from the previous administration, President Biden reestablished a COVID-related travel ban on non-Americans coming from Brazil, the UK, Ireland, and 26 European countries, plus South Africa. President Trump had lifted that ban just before leaving office last week. In an interview with Margaret Brennan of Face the Nation, Dr. Deborah Burke said Mr. Trump was often working off of bad data about the virus. Until the day I left, I am I'm convinced there were parallel data streams because I... Disinformation. I saw the president presenting graphs that I never made. So I know that someone or someone out there or someone inside was creating a parallel set of data and graphics that were shown to the president. President Biden warned today that even a big boost in vaccine distribution won't dramatically change the course of the pandemic over the next two months. But mask wearing, he argued, will. If we wear masks, 
between now and the end of April, the experts tell us we can save 50,000 lives, 50,000 people otherwise would die. From the Oval Office today, the president's dogs could be heard barking. Major and Champ joined the first family over the weekend and will now call the White House home. Tonight, Janet Yellen has just been confirmed by the Senate to serve as Treasury Secretary, the first woman to ever hold that position. But the lion's share of President Biden's cabinet picks are still awaiting confirmation, including his choice for Secretary of State. Nora. Nancy Cordes at the White House. Thank you, Nancy. Tonight, the nation's new defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, is ordering a review of the military's sexual assault and prevention programs. The murder last year of Fort Hood soldier Vanessa Guillen brought new attention to the pervasive culture of assault and harassment in the military. CBS News spent more than a year investigating how the military treats victims of sexual assault and found a consequential failure to address the needs of service members who are traumatized and harassed as they try to carry out their duty to defend the country. So we'll have more when that report is released. All right, turning now overseas, a new COVID lockdown in the Netherlands has sparked violent protests that continue tonight. Protesters have fought with police in several Dutch cities, setting fires to buildings. Hundreds of arrests have been made since the protests started over the weekend. The lockdown includes a 9 p.m. curfew. That's the first in the Netherlands since World War II. President Biden has vowed to reopen schools, kindergarten through eighth grade, in his first 100 days in office. Health experts say that requires resources that some schools don't yet have. And tonight, more than half of all U.S. students are learning from home at least some of the time. And teachers in many districts are reluctant to return to the classroom, setting up a clash with parents. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlian. Classrooms were empty today in the nation's third largest school district after the Chicago Teachers Union voted to defy an order to return to in-person learning. Parents like Ryan Griffin are frustrated. He says his six-year-old first grader is suffering. Why do you want your son to go to, back to school? We're seeing the social-emotional strain that, you know, continued remote learning is having on him, and we, we, need, a, we need a path forward. In Las Vegas, there's a push to reopen amid a surge in student suicides. Teachers are concerned about students' mental health and their own safety. If we don't get our vaccines, it's not safe for us to be back in the buildings. Across the country, it's a patchwork of guidelines. Some students haven't been in a classroom since March. Others attending in person every day since fall. In Texas, where schools are largely required to stay open, Austin Public Schools set up free COVID testing drive through sites for students and staff as cases there soared. Parents still had the option of keeping kids home. What we saw kind of across the country when there were a lot of districts and schools that went completely remote is as far as education and academics, it wasn't best for all kids and it actually was harmful. The tension over whether to keep schools open, a parent in Cobb County, Georgia, where three teachers died within a month. After an employee asked school board members who weren't wearing masks at a meeting to put them on in honor of one of the teachers, they refused. Your actions in these two minutes have spoken louder than words. Janet Shemley and CBS News, Houston. All right, tonight, nearly 110 million Americans are in the path of a major winter storms, both in the West and Midwest. Cars are sliding off I-70 in Kansas today, and the threat of snow and ice stretches all the way to New England. Let's get the forecast now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. So hi there, Lonnie. 
Hey, Nora, you're right. There are two storms I've got my eye on right now. One is in the Midwest, one is offshore, the Pacific Northwest. But let's start off with that storm in the Midwest, because this is going to end up being, so far this season, the biggest storm you've had in that area. The Corn Belt, you'll pick up, you know, one to two feet of snow. By the time it gets to Chicago, it's going to put down about six inches. And then as it moves to the east, it's going to lose a lot of its energy, but not all of its energy. New York City will pick up, yeah, by the time tomorrow's done, maybe one to three inches of snow. But let's talk, start talking about what's going on out west. There's a river of moisture coming on shore. Look at these rainfall totals. The central coast picks up eight inches of rain. But I'm more concerned about the Bay Area. The Bay Area, the home to some of the biggest wildfires in the state's history, rain-scarred land, excuse me, uh, fire-scarred land won't hold the soil. A lot of mudslides. People are evacuated in the mountains. The mountains north will pick up eight to ten feet of snow before the week is over. And that's the latest. Big story this week is the weather. Lonnie Quinn, thank you so much. Tonight, Tacoma, Washington remains on edge. After protests turned violent Sunday night, multiple fires were set, some businesses damaged. The protests followed a disturbing incident Saturday when a police officer drove his cruiser through a crowd that was blocking an intersection. At least two people were hurt. Well, tonight, the officer is on paid leave. Mia Dennis has done it again. The UCLA gymnast went viral with her latest floor routine. She says it celebrates black excellence, combining dance moves with jaw-dropping flips, a reflection of, quote, everything I am today as a woman, she said. The judges, well, they gave her a 9.95 out of 10. And I have to say, it looks like a perfect 10 to us. For football fans, the only drawback to the Super Bowl is having to wait two weeks to see the best quarterback right now face the best of all time. CBS's Mola Lenghi has a preview. He's got the first down, and this game's over. Super Bowl 55 is set. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. A Super Bowl home game for the Bucs, as if QB Tom Brady, the so-called GOAT, or greatest of all time, needed an advantage. The six-time champ has now led a second team to the Super Bowl in just his first year with the franchise. But standing in his way, superstar Patrick Mahomes, who has established himself as the face and future of the NFL. This highlight machine is leading his Chiefs to their second straight Super Bowl. No easy task. In fact, the last QB to win back-to-back Super Bowls? Guess who? Tom Brady in 04 and 05, just a few years after winning his first Super Bowl in 2002. Guess what Mahomes was up to in 02? Kindergarten. One was reading defenses while the other was learning how to read. That was likely the knockout punch. Think about it. Brady is old enough to be Mahomes' father. Then again, is your dad playing in the Super Bowl? Brady goes for the deep shot. This is a generational showdown. The old guard taking on the new guard. The 43-year-old legend against the 25-year-old kid. Just in time, a battle for the ages to entertain, distract, and make us, once again, feel like a kid. Or the goat. You pick. Mola Lange, CBS News, Tampa. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, a lesson in dedication. We'll meet Kelly Klein, a kindergarten teacher from Minnesota who rarely misses a class, even teaching from the hospital while undergoing chemotherapy for advanced ovarian cancer. She tells our Chip Reed the children are her inspiration. It's real easy to go down the why me. And I think if I didn't have five-year-olds to teach every day, I would spend a lot of time thinking about that. It sounds like they give you strength. They do. They absolutely give me strength. Tomorrow, the one dream that she has for her students. And if you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow, and good night. Thank you.
In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.